Hi there, my name is Lauren LaGrasso. You're watching The Concert Experience on AfterBuzz TV, and I am here with an amazing young songwriter, Diana DeMuth. Muth, that's it. And we're gonna find out a whole lot more than just how to pronounce her name in just a few seconds. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Yes. Diana, here is the song. We are matching. We're here. We're live. Yes. It's a good day for Black. Even her beautiful manager, Mick Rossi, famous manager on the couch. He doesn't want to be on camera, but he is here, so let his presence be known. I'm here with the lovely Diana DeMuth. Demuth. Right. It's very difficult for me, but it's not going to be difficult for you because she's going to be a big thing. Listen to this voice. I didn't know. Oh, he just turned it up. <laughs> you have such depth to your voice. Thank you. Now, have you trained a lot as a singer? Yeah, I mean, I've taken voice lessons uh, pretty much my whole life, uh, and I've been singing ever since I can remember. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I do I do definitely have that lower tone kind of thing going on. Yeah, but um, you also have an upper register that's seamless. So how did you achieve that? Because for me, I'm, I was a belter, quote unquote, when I was little, started in musical theater. Right. And then I started to develop my head voice, but that's hard, and it seems so natural for you. You know, I failed a lot at it, and then I got better. Just yeah. practice. A lot of sitting in my room screaming, you know. Um, <laughs> That's how you get there? Exactly. Like sirens actually, or actual screams? No sirens. Not oh, really yeah. screaming. That would That's be bad. Good. Um, but yeah, honestly, trial and error. I just have always sang. It's always been something that I've done, and I think it just naturally got better over time. And when did you start writing? How old were you when that was? <sighs> I was 12 years old when I started writing. Uh, I wrote my first song, and it was, you know, total crap, as they are. First songs usually... Um, but I kept writing and I just, it was always something that was very intuitive, um, for me and, and something I've always loved to do, you know? Do you remember your first song? Yes. I went home recently actually and I found it. I went back to Boston and I found a, I'd written it down on a piece of paper and saved it and I found it in my room actually. Yeah. I was was 12 years old and I read it and it was, (laughs) yeah. Do you, uh, think you could do a little rendition of it? Oh my God. Absolutely not. You don't want to hear that. I promise. (laughs) I've grown a lot since then. Well, you know what? Those are funny and fun to look back on. Do you ever go back and like look at your old diaries and you're like, oh my God, were you very dramatic as a child? I was so angsty. I was the angstiest kid ever. Why do you think that was? Do you think that's the reason you're an artist? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was total, total angsty and I was just like... But I always love to write, and I think, you know, when I, I uh, listened to a couple old recordings that I found on my computer when I was home also that my mom has stored away, um, and they were just, like, hilarious, you know? It was so bad at that time, but um, but that's, you know, how everyone starts. You just have to kind of be bad at it at first and slowly get better, and um, yeah. yeah. That's the thing, too, that I think a lot of people forget as they get older, right. when you start something new... You kind of have to commit to the art of being bad at something for a while before you can be a pro. Because they say it tends, takes 10,000 hours. It definitely so takes 10,000 So it seems hours. like you've put in that time. Yes, I definitely have. I mean, I have to say now I'm such a perfectionist that sometimes it gets in the way a little bit. Really? The good thing about being young and doing it is you don't really have anything to compare it to because you haven't been doing it for very long. Mm-hmm. But now I know what my best song is, so I'm always like trying to write a better song each time. Exactly, yeah. Right. And what is your writing process like? Do you have a standard thing you do, or is it kind of just however it flows? It 
it's kind of however it flows. Usually I'll start with something on the guitar, um, mm-hmm. and then, but I have days where I'll be, you know, driving or doing the dishes or something, and something will pop in my head, and I go and write based off that. So it, it, it kind of goes a little bit differently each time, to be honest with you. What is the most quirky or weird idea you've ever had that's turned into something that you've loved? That's an interesting question. Um, quirky or weird? I actually, you know, this is kind of weird. When I was, I want to say maybe 18, I was at a church service with my parents and I heard this organ line that they were playing and I really liked it. And for whatever reason, it stuck with me. And like, I want to say a couple months later, I actually ended up writing something kind of based off that line. That's so so bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. No, but that's really cool. And I love how those things transpire. Like something that didn't make sense to you at the time, maybe you, you just felt inspired by it, but it stuck in you and it went in your DNA somehow and it comes out later and I think that's what's so cool about music I know it's a very yeah it's always it's always different I mean that that especially was like a super weird experience and it just for whatever reason it just inspired me and stayed with me and I used it later on have you um have you ever like dreamt a song and then written it has that ever happened to you and in some way like maybe not the whole thing but a line from it or something that happened in your dreams actually yes I think what tends to happen more is sometimes I'll hear them after I've written them in my dreams um, but I think, yeah, I think that's probably happened before. I'm just yeah. hearing music all the time in my head, whatever it is. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's like a symphony up there. Exactly. <laughs> so you were raised in the Boston area. Is that correct? Yeah. Concord, Massachusetts. Concord, Ma- Massachusetts. And did you play out there for a while before you transitioned to coming out to LA? Yeah. So I, I grew up there, um, and I went to college when I was uh, 18 in Oregon and I oh. left shortly after, uh, just because I wanted to pursue this full time. So Good then for you. I went back to Boston, made an album, toured it around, and then I moved out to LA after. So did any part of you think about going to Berkeley or was that kind of... It's been a big conversation in my family, yeah. Really? Um, yes, however, I never felt like studying music was the right thing for me to do. I was always kind of, like I said before, intuitive, but actually sitting down and studying theory and stuff, it just never really interested me that that much. And, and you have to be interested in that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, study of music in order to go somewhere like Berkeley. So it didn't feel like the right fit, though, you know, it was it was talked about. How did you get the courage, though? So you did go to college, you went out to Oregon. Did. How did you get the courage and the chutzpah to leave and do something that wasn't a plotted out path? I was the worst student. I really? mean, when I got... I, high school, I was fine. Middle school, everything before that was fine. When I got to college, I did not care at all. And I scared myself a little bit because I was like, oh my God, I really just don't care. So I sat in class and I was so bored all the time. And it like, I left my uh, third semester. So sophomore year, kind of mm-hmm. right in the middle, I left. And I just, I don't know. It just felt so much like there was something else that I needed to be doing. And, and uh-huh. it became very clear to me throughout, you know, that year and a half at college that, you know, everyone was kind of figuring out what they wanted to do. And I knew what I wanted to do. And like, so why I am I here? Exactly. Yeah. And in a way, you know, my parents obviously wanted me to get an education. It's very important. But, you know, there was just this thing that was pulling me away all the time. And I would always go back and write, you know, after class and stuff. And it was just, mm-hmm. it was kind of where, where my heart's always been. Well, and the thing is, too, this is what no one tells you. But college is always going to be there. You yes. know? Yes. So I, I'm glad for you that you made that choice, especially while you're young, because like, I think it's kind of cool when older people, not like super old, but you know, even older, older people go back and get their degrees. Like that's fun. And if you do it, then you'll know you really want to do it. Right. So it seems like you made the right choice. I think I did. A lot, yeah. a lot has happened since then, which is great. So who 
out there are you inspired by? Do you have influences that you think come out in your music or that have even inspired you to write? Yes. Uh, growing up, I listened. My first concert, I think I was about two years old. My parents took wow. me, maybe a little bit older than that. My parents took me to a James Taylor concert. So growing up, I listened to James Taylor, Bonnie Raitt, uh, Joni Mitchell, Dylan, that kind of a thing. Um, and, you know, more currently, I'm def- I listened to pretty much everything and a bunch of singer-songwriter stuff very similar to what I do now. Uh, an artist named Brandy Carlisle. Love concert her. I went to just at the Bowl on uh, Saturday. And she was amazing. I mean, that's the kind of career I, I would love to have. Um, yeah. See, now here's the thing. I bet you a lot of people, when you tell them that you're a singer-songwriter, think, oh, you want to be this pop star. No, so how do you explain no to the layman <laughs> what your actual ambition is? That you want to be a musician who makes a difference and who's known and respected for what they do, but you don't want to be this huge, like, hello, here I am, because I guess this is what pop stars do now. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a... They're kind of two different careers. I mean, being a musician can sometimes be very different than being a pop star. Mm -hmm. If you're in the entertainment industry, um, that takes a certain skill set that I completely do not have to get up on stage and sing, you know, and dance around. Um, And it's just not what I like to do. So when I say I want to be a musician, it it means I want to be play play music, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, I, I don't. I don't begrudge anyone. I think if you want to be a pop star, that's great, and I think it's a super cool thing to do. Different skill set. And that's right. just where my head's at is not in into kind of fame or anything. It's just getting better all the time. And that's kind of try you know where I try to sit. And, and that's kind of, yeah, that's how I explain it to people is just the music and just keep it in the music, you know. Well, you'll always be successful if that's your goal because Kaizen, that's what they call it. The Japanese call it continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you have that as your main objective, mm-hmm. then you will always succeed because right. you're putting in your heart and you're putting in your time. And do you look at songwriting, like, do you take it very seriously? Do you do that every day? Is it like a job for you? Yes. See? I'm looking over at my manager because he knows how, how much I do it. See, that's that's what it takes, though. Yeah. You do have to look at it like it's your job because it is, and it, yeah. and it will be more and more as each day passes. I think the thing about it is it's easy to coast sometimes in this kind of a career. Mm-hmm. And the thing, you, I constantly have to remind myself to keep writing and keep getting better and not sit on what I've just done. Because you're the only person. No one's really pushing you. It's mm-hmm. not a 9 to 5, you know. No. It's it's kind of a 24-hour job if you make it that way. And it's important to me to always be improving. And I try my very best to, you know, just even if it's for an hour a day, just to write, just to get it mm-hmm. out. So eventually something comes. Yeah, that's very important. And it's so great that you're looking at it like that now. Yep. Um, have you had any experiences, because the music industry is notorious for... It's um, sometimes compromising situations, we'll put it that way. Sure. Have you had any experiences where you've been tempted to be in the wrong crowd since you've been out here? No, I actually haven't. I think I've steered through this pretty seamlessly, and I've also been very lucky. I've fallen in with a lot of the right people, and I've, you know, I was talking uh, to my friend about this the other day. I When I first moved here, I've only been out here for about nine months. When I first moved here, I just went to every open mic night that I possibly could, and I met people that way. Um, and through that, and it was, it's a great community. You know, the mm-hmm. musician community out here is great. And there's so many really talented people. So no, I feel like I've done, you know, a good job of just getting to know the right people and, and moving forward that way. What was your favorite open mic you did? Favorite open mic? Oh my God, there's so many. I played at this place called Fox and Hounds in Studio City that I, yeah. I really like that one a lot. Uh, I What's still cool about that one? Um, it's just kind of, it's so chill. That's, that's what I love. And you know, it's, uh, it's a bar and it's just kind of a hang and there's, 
the same people there every time that you just come to watch and that kind of a community is a really great thing even if you're not playing just people come to watch because they support you that's one of the things I really like about it over there yeah um, the open mics are great yeah. I, I started doing those too when I first moved out here and it was like it's a great way to build your community and to build your confidence yeah exactly and you start building shows off of them like that you start Correct. booking so that's really cool yeah um, okay, so you've got this all-female band. I'm obsessed I do. with you. I do. How did this idea come about, and what do you hope to do with it, if anything? Is there a deeper meaning to it for you? For sure. Um, you know, we, we basically sought out the best female musicians in L.A. Uh, we saw a lot of people, and these girls that I play with now, there was just this energy when I saw them play and when we first played together that was just you know, it was incredible. And and everyone having kind of a similar idea of the creative process and really enjoying the music. Um, and I think that there's not a lot of all-girl bands out there right now that are really talented. And these girls are incredibly talented. And I mean that, you know, and it's been an honor to play with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it works, you know, I'll bring in the songs and they kind of expand upon them. Um, and just, you know, I would really like to be out in the world with this band because I think the world needs more really strong female musicians. Hundred percent. That's why when I saw, I mean, I obviously when I knew that Mick was attached, and we actually share a producer too. So when I knew Jeff was attached, I was so into it. But when I heard you play and I heard the depth of your voice, and then I saw that you had an all female band, I was like, oh, in I have to talk to this girl. Of course, yeah, yeah. And that's such a a strong and bold move for someone who's as young as you are too. I I feel like, you know, I I just really respect it. Yeah, they're great. They're great players, and they teach me new things all the time. So you said that sometimes you'll bring them a song, and they'll kind of like amp it up a little yep. bit. When that happens, do you give them writing credit? How does that all work? Um, generally, for this album, I wrote all the songs, so mm-hmm. I take the writing credit for the songs. Um, and they, yeah, they they uh, when it starts to sell, they get points on it. Um, okay. But if they contribute to the writing process, definitely, yeah, always sharing the writing credits. I believe in that. And how did you go about meeting your manager? Um, I actually met my manager through Jeff. So you I knew did. Jeff first, yes. Ah. And, and when I, uh, Jeff is a, a family friend. Um, and when I met up with Jeff when I first came to LA, he talked about Mick and, uh, and he sent Mick over my stuff. And it all was just kind of meant to be. You know, he got it and, and we've had a great working relationship since then. So, yeah. yeah. It's really lucky when you work with people who are not only good people, but who understand you and want you to be the best you can be. And I know Jeff is that way, and from everything he's told me, Mick is that way too. So I'm happy that you, not just by luck, because of talent and because of who you are, also fell into that situation. Yeah. And you worked into that situation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So you also, you made an EP, was it, or was it a full-length album about a year ago? Uh, it was a full-length album about a year ago. That was the one that I did back in Boston, um, and it was my first real recording process. Um, and yeah, it was a great learning experience. I went in with an amazing producer back in Boston and it was just kind of growing pains a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. figuring it out when I got in there, just how the whole, the whole process worked. And it took a little longer, um, uh, than this one did just because I was, there was a big learning curve. Um, and I didn't have all the songs when I started, so I kind of wrote as I went, which, you know, prolongs it a little bit, but you know, it was necessary because now going back in again to the studio, I knew what to do differently. Were you still figuring out your sound at that time as well? I think I'm always figuring out my sound. I don't even, I don't even think that I have, you know, I think I'm figuring it out now. Because I'll write a song that pulls me into a little bit of a different genre, 
and then I kind of go explore that genre. So I'm kind of, I, yeah, I kind of approach everything kind of like, okay, what can I do next that might be a little bit different? So what do you do when that happens, though? Because then I, I do the same thing. And right. I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to do with this, you yeah, know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, do you just go with it? Or do you try to edit it to bring it back to whatever you're doing? I try as best I can not to self-edit while I'm writing. I'll mm-hmm. do it after. Um, but I, to be honest, I've never written anything that has been so far in another genre that I really? need to pull it back. No. Oh, teach me your skill. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe I will. Maybe I'll come out with like a you know blues song or something like that soon. But... I'm sure you will if you write for someone else. You know. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to do that? Is something you're interested? Maybe. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't given it much thought at this point, uh, just because I've been so involved in this process. But mm-hmm. yeah, for sure, it would be something I'm, I'd be interested in. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a very cool thing. Yeah, it is. It I is. mean, it's cool to have somebody take even a song that like you've written and maybe bring a different color to it or bring right. a different depth to it that you might not have seen or heard. For so, sure. For sure. Yeah. Might be fun. So now we've got this EP coming out. We do. It, We're very excited about this one. I am too. <laughs> I, I've heard the song Doorway. Yep. It's phenomenal. Thank you. Um, what would you say is the biggest difference between this first one you did about a year ago and, and this album you're putting out now? This one, um, I thought through this one a lot more. I There's an intent behind everything that I'm very clear about. And I think that comes through in the music. Um, I was kind of experimenting with writing more so before when I wrote the first album. And this one I had more of an idea of kind of what I was trying to say. And I think that comes across. So what are you trying to say? Well, they're, they're just, you know, they're, they're about different life experiences. We got definitely a couple love songs. And, mm-hmm. and what I like about The Doorway is that it's not... Uh, for a single, it's not a love song, which I think sometimes can be cool just to have kind of different subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and or maybe it's a love song about something else in life. You know, I was actually kind of, yeah, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. It's about my childhood. It I is thought kind of so. A, a nostalgic song. It's about my two best friends. Mm-hmm. So it is, yeah, in a way it kind of is a love song. It sounded like home to me. That is what I was going for. Okay, so thank you. congratulations. Yeah. You succeeded. We did it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really liked it because I'm still, I've been out here five years, very homesick. But it's something I think a lot of people can relate to because I think a lot of us are displaced in some way. And yes. to hear that song kind of brought me back. Yeah. And said someone else understands. Yeah, it's just about kind of changing and growing up and these you know very human things Mm -hmm. um and too human too human ouch yeah exactly (laughs) and going home it was actually something I wrote kind of partially in my head when I went home and I saw my friends for the first time in a while my family and it was just kind of this moment of um you know realizing that I've gone out of the world and I've changed and coming back kind of through a new lens and seeing things that I grew up around what do they say about you being out here they're very supportive um because it's just always been something that I've loved to do. It's just, it's never been a question, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that that my parents see that and they're both artists as well. So they're, they're are they very, musicians? No, they're photographers. Oh, very cool. Um, my dad's a woodworker also. Um, oh, like Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Like Jesus. <laughs> He'll love that. If he sees it. <laughs> hey dad. Yeah, oh my gosh. I watched a hilarious video of your dad on Instagram. Oh yeah, when was he was the adult, the what was, was that? He was on vacation. It's the weirdest thing. He was on vacation <laughs> and check out her Instagram, by the way, to see this awesome video of her dad. He was on. He okay. So he called me down one morning and he was like, "I have to show you this video." And I was like, "It's going to be something of him like fly fishing, some ten minute long, super boring video." And I go and he shows me and he's standing on the back of a dolphin that's swimming through the ocean. And Wait, I was like, that was just in the middle of the sea. Yeah, I was like, Dad, what the hell? How did he meet the dolphin? 
It was it was in some program, but I don't think that they expected him. You're supposed to hold on to the dolphin uh-huh. as it kind of and just you know it'll pull you through the water. This guy like is like standing up and surfing on this dolphin, and I was like, Dad, but that your you're dad like did Indiana that? Jones, yeah. Holy cow! I know it was very bizarre. Oh my gosh! I thought maybe he just found a really nice tide and was like no, no. letting it take him, but I it's didn't know that there was a creature of the sea, a dolphin creature <laughs> yeah. pushing him along. Okay, well it's clearly a talented family, guys. So yeah, I guess so. Got to stick talents. with them. In <laughs> that's amazing that. no. um so are there any pre-show rituals you do any like superstitious things or even like, oh, yeah, vocal so warm-ups really i really am yeah. do you throw holy water behind the stage or like how do you do it i'm very weird like i'll have this is weird i'll have one and a half cups of coffee on show really? days no more nor less i have no idea why i think it's because one time i had a really good show and i remembered that that morning i had one and a half cups of coffee so that, i do it every time well you don't want to dry out the cords too much right exactly lubricate i love coffee though so it's me hard too for me to stop it's my there. favorite drug i know it's yeah it's kind of it's bad but one and a half cups of coffee always okay. i always have a little huddle with the band whatever band i'm playing with before and just kind of try to center ourselves mm. and um i think that's important before especially if it's a nucleus just to have that energy between you just to kind of I'll say something before and yeah, stuff like that. So do you try to be the leader in that way? Since you are the leader of the band, do you, do you try to give people pep talks or is it more just like a group experience? Um, I don't think they need my pep talks anymore. <laughs> I'll probably try to say something inspiring. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's just go on on stage. <laughs> I bet uh, you they appreciate it more than they let on. Maybe. It helps me. It helps right. me more than it helps them. I'm just, you know, I'm helping myself really by doing that. Uh, but I'll always say something. I think it's important too, just to kind of, you know, good Get vibes. Together. You need the vibes, yeah. And I think it's more about getting everybody in the same world than it even sure, is about anything sure. else. Just like sharing the energy and making sure you're all in the same place. Exactly. And to be connected on stage, to have that moment before, I think is very important. True. The moment before. The moment before, I know. <laughs> Hashtag the moment before. <laughs> um, vocally, is there anything you do? Like, do you have any special singer tricks? Singer tricks? Like, do you drink hot honey water or anything like that? Oh, I don't know why that came out, but honey and water are things people like, so. Yeah. Well, people do that, mm-hmm. hot water and honey. I'll gargle water. Um, for some reason. Go Just straight water? Straight water, and I'll go up and down the scales while I'm doing it. While you're it. doing it? Yeah. I'm going to write that one down. You should, actually. It's very helpful. Okay. It's I, really that's cool. That's something I've never tried. I've done a million things, but I've try never it. tried that. It's good. It gets tumeric. your head voice engaged. You ever tried turmeric? Liquid turmeric is tumeric? really good. Yeah. You say it's so bizarre. Okay, well, apparently I just <laughs> have issues with saying words. But um, turmeric, you try that, Tumeric, liquid yeah, yeah. turmeric and honey okay. and warm water, mm-hmm. gargle it, then drink. But I bet you if you did okay. it with the scales, it would be on yeah, a different level. I know, you'd be like the best singer ever. After yeah, that. <laughs> so I'll be doing that after the show. Good. And I hear from a little birdie that you may be doing a performance for us. So I think I'll is, play you guys a song. Is that something you would be interested in? I would love to. Okay. Well, uh, let's do it, babe. Let me get the guitar. Okay, let's get it. Is this off. from your EP? It is. Okay. This, this one is called Forgive Me. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> so we're excited to hear Forgive Me. Is the EP called Doorway? It's called The Doorway. The Doorway. The doorway. Okay. All right. So about to hear this song. She's getting all ready to set up here. Okay, we'll Bringing our guitar on over. I didn't have one and a half cups of coffee this morning. Oh my so gosh! Well, it's gonna go. I'm very nervous. No, I'm not. You're gonna be amazing. I'm gonna give <laughs> you the you pep so talk. You're gonna be amazing. I need you got one. a beautiful deep voice. Thank Let you. Let it shine. Sing from your soul. And turn the mic turn toward the mic you. Towards me. Apparently. Like. Is that good? Okay. That was our engineer, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Here we go. Forgive me. Okay, cool. <clears throat> 
simple-minded lover You keep your cards close to your chest Only call me when you're aching Take my heart and leave the rest I am at war with my emotions Always laughing as I cry It's not like I love you But darling, I can't say goodbye Spread my cards across the floor Oh, I got what I was after So I can't warn you anymore You are at war with your intentions Always saying that you tried It's not like you love me But darling, you won't say goodbye throw her guitar back over there and we're going to discuss we're going to debrief I was taking notes no no good things lyric analysis I'm obsessed with lyrics (laughs) okay okay I've got so many questions okay so it's not like I love you but darling I can't say goodbye yes why do we so often stay in these relationships we know aren't right that's the question of the hour Mm -hmm. um I don't know. I think that people oftentimes get caught up in somebody else and it's not necessarily love, but it's also like there's kind of an addiction about it. What is that? 
I have no idea. If I if I knew, I probably wouldn't have written the song. Right. That was written from a place of frustration, from a place of being in in that place and just kind of not knowing what to do. It's kind of a plea, just like throwing my hands up, like, oh my god, I have no idea. <laughs> when you were with this person, did you express that to them? Uh, kind of. Yeah. I think they, yeah, kind of. Is it uh, still happening? Uh, no, it's uh, not. Good for you. Um, That's tough to get out of. Yeah, I think you know. I try to keep. I don't. I don't oftentimes tell people when I write things about them, for yeah, obvious reasons. Definitely. I mean, you know, <laughs> keep your cards um, close to your shirt. Is that what they say? Chest. Chest. Yes. Whatever. Exactly. And that's kind of what the song is about. Yeah. 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 Exactly. You um, used a metaphor about cards, didn't you? I did. Yeah. It happened twice. You there caught. You, go. you caught it. Um, you know, I think it, I'm kind of writing about in that scenario being with somebody who's kind of quieter about how they feel. Mm. And in that relationship, I wasn't. So it felt like I was wanting more. Right. Um, and so that that song, I love playing that song just because it feels good to kind of just like, sometimes I feel like I'm yelling it or something. Just kind of like, you know, stop this pain. Just kind right. of, yeah. So also, please believe I tried to live this out. I love that. Explain what you mean. Um, I think with that kind of a relationship really being, you know, trying if there's something there, you want to explore it. And mm-hmm. oftentimes that's why you don't walk away from it because it's so hard to walk away from. And that's kind of what I mean there. It's like I tried to live this out, but it's it hurts too much, you know? And that, yeah, that's what the lyric is. And the other thing when I said I love the way you ended it, I thought it was so interesting to take it down low because so many artists think, oh, I got to end on a high note. <laughs> to me, there was really a lot of power in the way you ended that with a lower register. Cool. Was that a conscious choice or is it just kind of what came out? Uh, I do it a little bit differently every time. Oh, uh, yeah? So, actually, to be honest, yeah, especially when I'm playing alone, I'll just kind of, however it feels, like it right. should end. It does not always end like that. When I play it with the whole band, we do kind of j- a jam out at the end, and it, it kind of comes up a lot more. Um, higher in register? or just Higher in register, but also energy. Volume. It's just okay. like really, yeah, getting to that place. Um, I don't know, but when, when it's a solo performance, when it's acoustic, sometimes it feels like it's more personal to end it. Um, kind of closing it off a little bit more, you know, pulling it back. And that's just, yeah, that's why I did it like that. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. That was a really, really cool moment. Also, I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on uh, Fiona Apple? Have you ever listened to her? I have. I really like Fiona Apple. I like her voice a lot. I'd be interested to hear you cover one of her songs. Actually, my my music teacher in high school told me to cover a Fiona Apple song. I never have, but maybe I should. You got to do it. She's got an amazing repertoire, and she is such an interesting songwriter. I mean, she... Literally, I mean, I've heard her interviewed, and she'll take old English words that aren't now in the lexicon, look them up, and write them in the song to reintroduce them to the language. That's her hope. Interesting. So she's such a thoughtful songwriter, and I think just with the way your voice is, it would really fall well in the way uh, she writes. Cool. Yeah, we'll do it. Check it it out. Yeah, for sure. sure. Find something that, uh, that resonates with you. So for this album, did, did you tell me what is the thesis statement of this album? If you had to put one sentence about oh, what it's about, what would you say? I think it is, an, this is a weird sentence, but a nostalgic piece. Okay. Um, because everything on this EP is kind of about a memory more so than, um, especially some of the songs like Albuquerque, I wrote kind of after the fact of what I was going through. And um, they're memory songs, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of, when I listen to them, they bring me back to that place. And they're, they're kind of me at the time looking back on things. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a nostalgic kind of uh, piece, I think. Mm, I like that. That's something a lot of people can relate to. Is exactly. Looking back and saying, wow, if I knew then what I know now, things would be different. It's kind of, it was kind of about, as you get older, I think you realize 
how your childhood affects you mm-hmm. and kind of what therapy. happened. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> therapy. It's um, great. Got to get in there. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was a really big thing for me is kind of realizing, um, I was, I was very fortunate. I had a great childhood and I went, went through a lot. And I think as I've gotten older and, and gone out into the world, I've realized kind of what that meant, what growing up went, meant, what home meant. And that this was kind of me bridging that gap of adulthood, even though mm. I'm kind of a kid still, and, and that, you know, growing up period. And I think, you know, people bridge that gap at different times, but I think this EP strongly is, is kind of that for me. And it was, it was healing to write it, I think, in that way. That's fantastic. Well, it sounds very honest, which is what it's people very are honest. dying for. Yep. We're dying for honesty and authenticity and people who will make you feel something because this world is so muted right now yeah. and it's so shut off and it's so, so, oh, for audio-based listeners, I just tapped my finger as if it was an <laughs> iPhone. Um, but yeah, that that's really wonderful that you write from that perspective and that you've allowed yourself to be vulnerable in that way. Um Okay, I have to ask you, I, I was watching some videos, what I could find of you online, and I saw that you did X Factor. That I did. I did do the X Factor, yes. Yeah. What was that experience like, and, and did you like doing it? Was it weird for you? I was always scared to do those reality shows, because they seemed like they would um, like take advantage of me in some way. Did you feel that way at all, or was it good? I think that they're, if you're a creative person... I think it's not the best choice. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a pop star, it's a great choice because they love, they're looking for a TV personality on those shows as, as well as a singer. Um, and oftentimes, you know, that the, the personality and entertainment piece becomes more important than the, the music. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that I didn't relate to. And that's not you. It is very much, I'm like the opposite your of Your voice that. is incredible, but you're so much more than your voice. You're your artistry too. I think I auditioned on a whim, a layover in Denver. Really? I, yeah. I got, oh my gosh. I got uh, through the preliminary auditions and I just kept getting through auditions and then it was kind of like, you get sucked into that world a little bit. Right. Because you're like, this is great. You know, you just want to keep going because it's a bubble. It's very mm-hmm. much, reality TV is a total bubble. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to sing for Simon Cowell and, and all of them and they had some good feedback. I mean, it was actually a really, really good experience and I was the most nervous I think I'll ever be in my entire life. I think I got it over with at 19 and I'll never be that. (laughs) I remember standing, uh, there was a guy singing before me who had the best voice I've ever heard and I was like, why do I have to go after this guy? I'm sitting, I'm like almost in tears backstage because this guy is so moving and I look out, kind of peek out into the audience and there's a couple thousand people and you see Simon Cowell and and Demi Lovato and you're just, it's a very surreal moment. Um, And I was young too, you know, and it was just kind of, I don't even know how I sang the song. I was so nervous. I just went blank. Oh, you were awesome, obviously. Uh, <laughs> something went right, but um, it ended up not being the right fit. You know, I'm not a cover singer. Um, and But it, it showed me that I can kind of go out and do it if mm-hmm. you put your mind to it. And that's really what that experience was for me. It was a stepping stone to where I am now. Well, that's huge. And it sounds like you took out the, the best parts of it and you left the parts that didn't serve you. And now you're going and, you know, plotting out your own path, which is beautiful. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you recently had a show where you plotted out your own path at the Hotel Cafe. So tell me what that was like. Do you have any plans of future performances? What's going on there? So yeah, we did. We had a a Hotel Cafe show on uh, July 7th. And, um, you know, I'd been waiting. We'd been in rehearsals a lot, so I'd been waiting to play live, and it was was so exciting. Um, I mean, we had, we we packed the, packed the place, which was great. It's amazing. Yeah, and it was, it was so, the energy was so good, and the band was great, and just kind of looking out, and being able, it's so relieving to be able to bring these songs out to people, because this album, this EP is not out yet, and so we don't, the only people that have heard these songs are my manager, you know, in in the band, really, and a couple close friends, 
so kind of to get that audience feedback was amazing. Um, and it was, it was, uh, it was an awesome experience. And so, yeah, we're doing, it looks like we're going to be doing another hotel cafe show at the end of uh, September around that time. Do we have a date yet or no? No, we're, we're tossing around some dates. Um, but I'd really like to get back on that stage because I love that place. Um, where can people go to find out when that show will be? Diana Demuth music.com. Demuth. Demuth. That's right. You're going to remember it now. I'm going to now. Muth. And where can they find you on the social media platforms? So All of them. The Insta- <laughs> my Instagram is Diana underscore Demuth. Okay. Uh, Facebook is uh, slash Diana Demuth Music. YouTube is slash Diana Demuth. So if you Google Diana Demuth, it'll, it'll be there. It's all, all right. there. Google her, folks. <laughs> and we also have an amazing exclusive for the listeners so and viewers. About this. So we're going to get to see her music video and tell them a little bit about what inspired this video, what the song's all about, etc. <laughs> um, like I said before, the song is really about about my childhood mm-hmm. growing up. It's about my two best friends. Um, and kind of, you know, there's that nostalgia piece there. And the video, we really wanted to do something that was true to what we do as a band and what I do as a performer, which is play live. That's what we love to do. That's what we're really good at. Mm-hmm. So we did a live performance video. It's very simple. There's not, not a huge storyline or anything. Um, and just kind of made it about the music. And we had an amazing director. Uh, Jesse, right? Jesse Davey, yeah. who is, I cannot sing his praises enough. He's a really, he's phenomenal. And when I saw the video, I was speechless. It's He did such a good job. Um, and it's very, it's very simple, but it's kind of beautiful in its simplicity. And that's what we wanted out of the first video. We wanted something that wasn't distracting and had too much going on and just really made it about the song, which it is. Right. And it shows off who you are as a band. Exactly. So I feel like after watching this, I know what I'm going to get when I go to see you live, which is exciting. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's true to true to what we do, you know, and, and, and that's mm-hmm. what I wanted it to be. It's just a true representation because I don't like when you see something and then the artist sounds completely different in person or something like that. So I think this is a very good uh, example of, of what the band is like. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to delay it anymore. Thank you so much for listening and for what you're about to see. I'm excited for you. My name is Lauren LaGrasso. You can find me at Lauren LaGrasso. Diana, thank you for being with me today. It's been beautiful thank getting you to talk me. with Thanks you. Thank you so much. Of course. And let's enjoy this music. After Buzz TV exclusive. <laughs>
From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.